Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. I'm going to get that gun of mine, and I'm going to change you from a rooster to a hen with one shot. Some people call me a freak. I hate that word. I don't believe in it. Better yet, I don't believe in labels. You know, I think you're the only girl in the world that can stand on a stage with a spotlight in her eye and still see a diamond inside a man's pocket. Because I'm up at five every morning working my ass off. Does someone want to just tell me to my face you're never going to give me the scores I deserve? Welcome to Girls on Film, the film review podcast from a female perspective. I'm your host, Anna Smith, and this episode is our third in partnership with Amazon Prime Video. Today we're talking about Little Fires Everywhere, the hit show based on Celeste Ng's bestseller. Set in the late 90s, it stars Kerry Washington as Mia Warren, an artist who moves to the suburbs of Cleveland with her daughter, Pearl. Their presence unsettles the carefully ordered life of journalist and mother Elena Richardson, played by Reese Witherspoon. We're going to take a deep dive into the show, but we'll try to keep spoilers to a minimum if you haven't seen it yet. I have always had the best intentions. Someone burned down your house with you inside. (laughs) Elena, do you know anyone that would do this? So joining us today, we have Valerie Complex, a film journalist for Variety, The Hollywood Reporter, Condé Nast, Harper's Bazaar and more. And the broadcaster, Rihanna Dillon, who's the film and TV critic for BBC Six Music. First of all, welcome back to Rihanna. You came on episode 10 of Girls on Film. Welcome back. Hi. I had such a great time on Girls on Film, so I am delighted to be back. How have you been? Yeah, very well. Very well, thanks. I'm kind of I'm kind of enjoying these little lockdown podcast things. They're kind of, they're working. I could be in my jimmies with a glass of wine. It's all very casual. It's great. Perfect. Well, thanks for joining us in your jimmies. Now let's bring on Valerie Complex, who joins us for the first time on Girls on Film, and she's currently in New York. Hello, Valerie. Hello. How are you? Really well. How are you doing? I hear you just moved house. Uh, Well, temporarily. um, This is like the fourth time I've moved since November, so I'm really looking to find a place to settle down. Oh, good luck. Well, it must be a weird time to be looking. So thanks so much for fitting in Girls on Film today. Now, I understand you are both fans of Little Fires Everywhere. And I'm going to start with you, Valerie, because you're in the USA and we're here in London. Um, Obviously, it's a very specific part of the United States. Is the world of Little Fires Everywhere familiar to you at all? Uh, Yes, some of the... uh... The microaggressions and the dealing with certain types of people and being, you know, poor and moving around a lot is definitely something I can connect to. Tell me more about the microaggressions and which characters in particular you see those in. Um, the whole family. <laughs> it was just really interesting that Joshua Jackson, I'm bad with the names, but uh, Joshua Jackson's character was the least microaggressive and the most tolerant. It was just really strange to see a white male character portrayed that way and to see a white woman, white character, Reese Witherspoon's character, sort of portrayed and all the horribleness and absurdity that she could be portrayed. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, Rihanna, you said you you kind of love the duality of Elena, played by Reese Witherspoon. Tell us more about that. 
I just, yeah, I thought that was incredible, actually. I mean, with all of the characters to see so much light and shade. And, you know, we've talked on this podcast, I know, before, and there's that term, you know, like the strong woman. And I know that's become slowly criticised and rightly so, because it. I think we need to be talking about more realistic women and flawed women. And you don't get much more flawed than Elena <laughs> in, um, in Little Fires Everywhere. So rent is 300 a month, well below market, but it's really not about the money for us. So you rented it to her on the spot, just like that. Do you even know anything about this woman? What is it that you do? I'm an artist. And then you ask her to come work in our house? It is a beautiful thing to know that your actions can affect another person's life. So Reese's character, she's this brilliant mother to three of her children and a dreadful one to the fourth child Izzy and she is incredibly woke and as she keeps telling everyone she marched with Martin Luther King as a child and then she also calls the police on a black woman just sitting in her car so it's that total duality of what she believes that she is and what is really there lurking underneath the surface I think the way that they portrayed that was fascinating and so meaty and I love that we had the time to really explore all of her humanity and inhumanity. Well I think you've just summed up a lot of about Little Fires Everywhere is about really and, and it's it's Elena's character but then it's what Mia, Kerry Washington's character, brings and kind of brings out in her and kind of forces her to confront what she thinks is her wokeness but isn't woke at all. Valerie, do you want to speak a bit to that? <laughs> Their performative wokeness is just like, oh, you know, here's what I know from the media who, or here's what I've read occasionally somewhere. Uh, and now that makes me the expert on all things black. But what I like about the show is that you know, you have these characters who enter their world because in life, as a person of color or as a black woman, you know, we have to learn to navigate that world because it's what we exist under. We exist under white supremacy, but they don't have to do that for us. So that's why the relationship between the two mothers was interesting because Carrie Washington, her character knew all about how to handle Elena, but the very opposite was for Elena. Like it, it was just really, the dichotomy was really interesting and I, I just saw it all there. That is very interesting. And I must say that as a white privileged woman, watching it in parts made me feel a bit uncomfortable because it made me confront myself and go, okay, so when I think I'm being woke, am I really being woke? And I think that's really important as well. So it's interesting that it's speaking to us all from a slightly different perspective although I must make it very clear that I didn't relate to Elena in many scenes particularly towards the end <laughs> <laughs> at all um let's um talk a little bit more about Mia Kerry Washington's character Rihanna you said to me on email that she's not a typically likable character do you find that refreshing yeah, I really did. And I was talking to my boyfriend about this because we just devoured um, Little Fires Everywhere as soon as we sat down to watch it. And we were sort of saying it's interesting how both of the protagonists are also antagonists. And Mia especially is incredibly defensive. And we know why. She's a product of her environment. She is scared of the police being called on her because they always get called on her. And she has to teach her daughter and instill in her daughter these same fears, which is incredibly sad. And yet, as we've seen 
so recently with George Floyd and all the multiple killings before and since, this is something that children have to have instilled in them, that fear of the police, because it's a very, very real fear. And so that's partly why she is so incredibly guarded. But then just in terms of a audience perspective, that makes it quite hard to like a character. And the whole way through, she has this sneer on her face as well, whenever she talks to Elena, which is brilliant. Like Mike and I were like grabbing each other going, it's the sneer, the sneer is back because she can't hide her disdain because she sees Elena exactly like you know exactly as she is she sees her and she can't hide her disdain when she looks at her and talks to her and she does talk down to her which is incredibly refreshing to see it that way around and because Elena 100% deserved it so Mia is a fascinating way through this world you didn't make good choices you had good choices options that being rich and white and entitled gave you. Again, that's the difference between you and me. I would never make this about race. Elena, you made this about race when you stood out there in the street and begged me to be your maid. This is not working out. I think this is going to be your last day. You think? Valerie, did you want to speak a little bit more about Mia? Did, did you relate to her in any ways? Mia's an interesting character because she... I don't know. She's running away from a lot. And I find that I've done a lot of that too. When I ran away from New York, I joined the military and I did a whole bunch of other things trying to get away from certain problems. And it all catches up with you, you know, in the end. And I think that Mia handled that the best way she could really. And they seem the way the show made it seem is that they're, you know, that Mia is just sort of like this vagabond traveling because of whatever. And it doesn't get revealed until later the reason why she's running. Mm. But once she's confronted, you know, by Pearl, that she realizes that there's no sense in running anymore. You have to confront what you've been running from. And I think a lot of, you know, I think that's what's universal about it as well. We all come up against things that we've been running from that we need to face at some point. It just took a lot of drama to get there. And even, you know, with Elena, same thing. She's been running from the truth. The fact that she's a shit, I'm sorry, the fact that she's a crappy mother <laughs> um, and, you know, no, no amount of money or white picket fence home life can shield that fact. So it's too, they're actually kind of similar in certain ways where they have the same coming to Jesus moment at the same time regarding their children. So... Mm. That's really well put, yeah. I just wanted to say that um, it's very interesting that the flashbacks give us a bit more insight into, like, for example, where what Elena's life was like before she met Bill, who's played by Joshua Jackson, who you spoke about. Um, Rihanna, how did you feel about the flashbacks? I really love the flashbacks, actually. And it was so nice, first of all, that this was set in the 90s and then the flashbacks took us back to the 70s and 80s. So it feels almost like period piece and just seeing a different way of life and also how certain things have changed and certain things haven't. What I really loved was that moment where I think Mia is talking to Elena in the kitchen and she's like, you're jealous. And she so is. She's so jealous that... Mia has followed her dream of being an artist and is being successful at it and has really prioritised that, you know, her career and being a mother and she is doing both. And Elena completely resents that because that's all she ever wanted to be was to be a journalist and somehow got trapped into this very small town marriage with children and is still at the same newspaper that she was doing work experience at. And so seeing the flashbacks really drives that point home and that's when you do start to feel more depth to her character 
and you do start to feel sorry for her because I think as a woman, especially growing up, my generation, I think, was told it's very specially to focus on career more than children. And so I did have that fear of being, you know, trapped in a marriage with children from quite a young age. So I that that really resonated. That's very interesting because uh, you're, you're obviously younger than me and I don't remember that being a thing when I was young. So, mm. yeah, the fear of being, I mean, I think I had it personally, but I don't don't remember it sort yes. of being, being out there. Talking of children, there's obviously, we don't want to give away too much um, in this because there might be some people listening that haven't seen it yet. And there is um, quite a significant episode or several episodes that deal with adoption and whether a child is best off with its birth mother or its adoptive mother. And I thought, Rihanna, that it tackled that subject so brilliantly. What did you think? Oh my God, this blew me away really, because first of all, you don't really see um, adoption in this way on screen. So like full disclosure, my mum was a social worker and she used to help place children. And so I grew up asking a lot of questions about adoption. And, you know, my mum always talked about trying to place children with parents that had a similar heritage, if not the same, and ethnicity, etc. So that they wouldn't feel like an outsider in their family or, you know, not have their culture spoken to as much, which were all the fears that sort of play out in Little Fires Everywhere. So that was really brilliant to see that sort of dissemination of how the lawyer picks apart the adoptive mother on the stand when you know she had these little Chinese um, fortune cookies and was that just a nod to her culture and is that all she was ever going to get nods to her culture and then that really difficult situation of the birth mother who did give her up obviously could didn't have the I don't know the, the financial background she wasn't able to raise this child and it just threw up all of these questions about what would you do whose side would you be on and you could see from both perspectives that this child would have one life with her mother and would love her so so much but might not be able to provide for her but then on the other hand this other woman already loved her as well so much and would have provided everything but again it wouldn't have been her birth mother and it just oh my goodness it just it threw up everything and I just couldn't decide which side of the fence I came down on that was the one question I was left completely I don't know sort of wandering about in the ether. I love that I mean what you've said there demonstrates how even-handed the show is because I mean as Valerie was saying earlier you know you see both these women going through their own personal battles um, mm. and then you see other women going through their own battles and it's it, it you know you do get to see the background behind mm-hmm. each one I mean Valerie did you come out of the whole adoption debate with any strong feelings um people are allowed to change their mind you know initially you know uh, the baby was put up for adoption for a reason and it's like you know damned if you do damned if you don't she kept the child and the child starved she'd be in jail she gave it up for adoption and then now it's a problem she didn't want you know so she made the best decision that she thought she could Mm. it was interesting to to see what it's like when people actually do want their children back and the microaggressions that exist you know when you do transracial adoption and i always say transracial because it's uh parents who are white and they adopt an asian an asian child and it's interesting to see that dynamic and and what that looks like you know when you fight for when you're fighting for your children i'm sorry um why are you still here It's my job to be here, unless you'd rather I not be. Did you think you were just going to waltz into my house and pretend like nothing ever happened? 
Elena, this isn't about you. It's not about me. It's about a child who belongs with her mother. Exactly. Her mother is Linda. You and I are never going to agree on this because we are very different people. Now, Lynn Shelton directed four of these episodes of Little Fires Everywhere and she tragically died earlier this year. Um, Rihanna, are you a fan of her other work? She's a tremendous director, I thought. I actually didn't know much about Lynn Shelton um, before I watched this. And so, I don't know, maybe it made it you know, even more heartbreaking. I hadn't heard of her particularly and then saw these episodes that she directed and was I just thought they were so beautiful and so different and really had a style. And then, of course, Lynn died. It was, yeah, it really was devastating. So I'm afraid I am not the best person placed to talk about Lynn Shelton's career. It's interesting because, yeah, she sort of flew under the radar, but she made amazing work. And I remember I met her in Edinburgh at the film festival when she made Hump Day because I was on a jury that awarded that um, uh, prize. And and she oh. was absolutely lovely. And we just went for coffee and she's just a really sweet, understated person. But I would recommend Your Sister's Sister as a film to start with if you see any of her work and Laggies as well. Oh, yeah, I have was, seen Laggies. I do. Yeah. I loved Laggies, actually. Um, that was with Kira Knightler and, and Sam Rockwell. Yes, yes. It's called Say When. Yeah, yeah, yeah. UK. I did yeah. absolutely yeah. love that, actually. It was, that was really, that was different and quirky and unusual and, and Glow as well. Of course she did Glow. And she just has an eye for picking out certain things that your eye would normally slide away from, I think. Definitely. Um, Valerie, tell me, are there any favourite scenes in Little Fires Everywhere that you that we haven't spoken about that you'd like to pick out that you love? I really like the ending when the uh, the kids do the thing to the house, <laughs> yeah, um, because that's very different from the book, oh. and I thought that they did that a lot better than the book. The twist there, because in the book it's Izzy. Who sets the house on fire? Ah, well, let's not say who it is in this one, but that's no, interesting. But no, you know, she, you know, based on what Mia had told her about the little, you know, the fairies and little fires everywhere, she goes around and has little pieces of paper and sets things on fire and, you know, disappears. But in this one, like, you know, all the kids have the coming to Jesus moment and then, you know, that happens. And then Elena's like, okay, well, this is my fault. <laughs> and. Yeah. I love your coming to Jesus moments. That's great. I'm going to have to start using that. That's very good. <laughs> um, Rihanna, what was your coming to Jesus moment in this in this series? <laughs> I mean, there were so many. And uh, I think one that's actually stood out, which I'm surprised it's standing out quite so much in my mind, but it's um, Stavonte Hart, who plays Brian, um, Lexi's boyfriend. So he's black and he is going out with the daughter of, you know, this very like waspy family. And he's very aware of the sort of ironies of what's going on. And he's very aware of Elena's, because she he says, every time I go into the house, she mentions Martin Luther King. She can't get <laughs> over that I'm black. And it's, even if she there's no deliberate negative, you know, she's not trying to make him feel uncomfortable she she thinks that that's how to relate to him and that's the only way that she can see to relate to him so there are these moments with Brian that I think give us a bit of a gateway between Mia's life and Elena's life and especially when he really doesn't let up on Lexi using Pearl's experience about not being let into advanced was it advanced maths or something like that and uses it for her letter to get into uh, university but just changes the details mm -hmm. ever so slightly and he never lets her get away with that and he really pushes it and 
I loved that. I loved that he didn't just sort of brush it off, that he was pointing out that that was racist, that was not okay, and they were supposed to be friends, she was taking advantage. And that really stayed with me, but just because it was unexpected and surprising coming from this show where that was such a sub sub subplot almost but it just kept coming up because they were like this is one of those microaggressions that you think you might be able to just brush away or you know laugh about or forget about and you shouldn't why would you ruin homecoming that's what you're worried about fucking homecoming god bro what fucking hardship was i supposed to write about that i have to share a bathroom with my sister that my mom won't let me get my belly button pierced This is Yale. People write about living under Saddam Hussein or winning a gold medal in Atlanta and the best thing that I could come up with was Pearl's math class and it's honestly not even that fucking great. Is there anything else you guys wanted to pick out about Little Fires Everywhere? Anything left unsaid? Hmm. Well, there's the um, abortion, the abortion stuff. Mm, That's Um, interesting. Because, you know, there is so much obviously about motherhood and not wanting children and wanting them desperately. So we kind of run the whole gamut, don't we? We have surrogacy, we have abortion, we have unwanted pregnancy, we have unable to conceive. It's literally, they're trying to tick every single box in this. But they do, it doesn't feel box ticky though, does it? No, it doesn't. It's well worth it. It's only looking back now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's true. But it's just that, I suppose, abortion, we see quite a lot now in a lot of different programs. I mean, even Glow, I think Glow deals with abortion in such a fantastic way. And again, this does in, an, in another way that it circles back around to what I was just saying about Brian, about how Lexi uses Pearl um, mm. again and again and again. So she's never really given a break even though on the surface she's this sweet girl, she's obviously a product of what her mother does and she thinks she can get away with stuff because her mother always has. Right. Um, And then I just love that it doesn't forgive her, even though she's gone through this really horrible experience, which we feel incredibly sorry for her for, especially because she can't seem to talk to anyone about it. She still sort of ends up being a bit of the bad guy in Mm. it. And again, for a teenage girl, a white blonde teenage girl, I think we don't see that very often. Um, We see bullies, but not this sort of more insidious racism. We don't see that enough because it happens. Yeah, It's real. Everything that happened in Little Fires Everywhere is real. And it has happened to someone. And that Again, goes back to the universality of the story. Mm. There is something there for everybody. There really, really is. Mm. We all have parts that scare us. Did you really think I wasn't going to find out? Parts that we run from. You haven't been honest with me about anything. It's not Parts that we're afraid to look at. You are coming completely unraveled. I am completely raveled. Everybody's going to be held accountable for their actions. I know about your little secret. Are you threatening me? Little Fires Everywhere Series 1 is on Prime Video now. You can also watch Kerry Washington in Mother and Child and Lift on Prime Video and Reese Witherspoon in several things including Mud and Legally Blonde. If you're a fan of Legally Blonde, look out for a special Girls on Film episode devoted to the film coming soon. I know you're both fans of Little Fires Everywhere. Thank you for discussing that. But we have also discovered that we have something in common and that is that Valerie is actually an expert on British television and sitcoms of the past. Would you like to tell us more, Valerie? What have you been watching? 
Uh, sure, I don't mind telling you. Uh, I've watched. Uh, <laughs> Carry I've watched on, TV. <laughs> I, I've watched TV shows like uh, As Time Goes By. I watched Ab Fab. I watched a little bit of East Enders. I love that you watched As Time Goes By. That is so old school. I love that show. I don't know what's wrong with me. But <laughs> Judy Dench at her best. <laughs> it's a great, great show that I, I that I just stumbled upon one night when I shouldn't have been up. I should have been sleeping to go to work. And uh, I was like, I'm going to watch this. And I watched the whole, what is it? Five or six seasons or whatever. <laughs> I watched um, Judy Dench's first show with her husband called The Fine Romance. I watched a lot of Masterpiece Theater. Oh my goodness. A lot of that. So yeah, I, I've, I've watched a, a lot of British television growing up and that's how I was able to get down a British accent. It doesn't sound very good now, but before we used to go into we used to go into stores and like fool people because we would do experiments. Like how would they treat it? Okay, so we know how they treat us as black Americans, but if I walk in with a British accent, what'll be the difference? And it's amazing what the difference is. Oh my God, what was the difference? Um kinder treatment, more interest, not not so much being dismissed. It was interesting. Wow. Yeah. Oh, God. That is very interesting. Wow. Yeah. Well, I love that. Are you a fan of any of those shows, uh, Rihanna? I love As Time Goes By so much. I love Lionel and uh, Jeffrey Palmer and obviously... Lionel. Yeah, I mean, they're just dreamy. <laughs> they're just the dream couple. Um, and also, if you if you can't sleep, sometimes four extra play like old repeats, because I think it was a radio show first maybe or it's definitely a radio show as well so have a listen to that sitcom on the radio because that just sends you straight off if you can't sleep i don't know if that's a recommendation but like it kind of is. <laughs> i know what you mean switch your brain off yeah some... yeah and it's very yeah. gentle isn't it yeah. but you should so you should watch bally kiss angel which is just the sweetest most twee like irish program and then you could hone your irish accent valerie and i would love to hear that okay i would try i'm gonna give that a try uh <laughs> i mean i watched luther of course i need some modern stuff i watched luther and i watched skins the what was it third generation i don't know how they call it but it was like the third oh so you didn't see daniel kaluuya no i saw the one with effie and that whole drama kaya scodelario then i think yeah, yeah. and jack o'connell yes yes he was in it too amazing i feel like you've you've watched more british tv than a lot of british people i'm really <laughs> impressed that's so good to be honest because it was a lot of a lot of british television was free um if you watch it at a certain hour so whatever was free i was watching it so i think that probably same applies for some like kind of dodgy american sitcoms and series that we used to watch when we were younger i don't know about you rihanna but yeah, yeah. whatever was on late <laughs> at night where you're a student and you just put it on like at midnight there's yeah, some kind of random i can't even think what now but generally cop shows and that sort yes. of thing a lot of law and order and stuff like that yes yeah all the procedural stuff yeah. definitely yeah well i'm glad this has been a very useful cultural exchange <laughs> yes <laughs> valerie i do hope you'll come back on and talk to us about um shows of of all types um both british and american and others and um rihanna do come back again and join us soon on Always. girls on film it's it's been an absolute joy to have you both. Any last messages for the girls on film listeners um, from New York for you? From you first, Valerie. Uh, y'all should definitely watch as time goes by. It's a really good show. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good show. Okay, message received. 
Uh, Rihanna, anything to leave the listeners with? Um, I guess just when you're watching Little Fires Everywhere, see if you can find the Disney princess in the actors. There is an actor that plays a Disney princess. Don't look it up first. Ooh, what? Good. You know, I'm not sure I even know that. So good clue. Oh, really? Yeah. I'll tell you in All a minute. Right. Excellent. <laughs> nice one. Okay. There you are, listeners. That's for you. Thank you both very much for being great fun, Girls on Film. Thank you very much. Thanks. Okay, so who's the Disney princess? <laughs> Thanks for listening to Girls on Film and thanks to our executive producer, Heather Archbold of HLA Productions, to our producer, Jane Long, to our intern, Heather Dempsey, and to Amazon Prime Video. Girls on Film is on social media and we would love you to follow us. You can find us on Twitter at girlsonfilm underscore pod and Instagram on girlsonfilm underscore podcast. We've also got a Patreon page where you can show us how much you love us. You can pledge a small amount each month to support us. Every little counts. Go to patreon.com forward slash girls on film podcast. Please subscribe and review us if you've enjoyed this episode. And don't forget our special film shows are still available on the BFI's YouTube channel. You've been listening to me, Anna Smith, and I was joined by Rihanna Dillon and Valerie Complex in our latest Girls on Film isolation pod. Stay safe, everyone. (laughs) 